What's up, everyone? Welcome into the Flex Fantasy Network. Dylan here with Cameron and Ian. How's it going, guys? What's going on? Yo, hey, answer some questions. Yeah, we're going into what week six now? Week six. Ah, uh, we had a disgusting Thursday night game yet again last night. Oh Commanders God. Bears. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> awful. That, that right. had to be one of the, the worst of the season so far. Maybe. That's. I mean, that's what like we keep saying. I mean, like if we just roll the tape back. Like to this time last week, saying the exact same thing about the one last week. Yeah, like it me. must be the like it must be the case that they like pick these games purposely to like to like put like bad games on Thursday night because it seems like going back like as long as they've had Thursday night football, it's like been eighty yeah. percent pure garbage. And it's weird. Yeah. I wonder if that would change because Amazon is coming into the fold. They're trying to get some bigger games on Amazon Thursday night, but it just always seems like. Whenever they're picking these games, I don't know how it's picked. It seems like Monday night and Sunday night, like, get their pick, the cream of the crop. Like, they get first pick, and then last pick goes to Thursday night, basically. They get, like, the best of the worst. <laughs> Thursday night Wait. gets the games that, even, that like, even the 1 o'clock games didn't want. Like, that's who Thursday night Exactly. Goes. It's crazy. They're, like, the worst game of the week. Yeah. And it's, it's just uh, – it's foolproof. You're going to get the worst game of the week on Thursday night. There is just- one really good one coming up, though. I saw the schedule last night. Um. Uh, uh, where is it? Where is it? Well, that would be nice if, if when it finally you're going to you're going to like keep looking for it. I think. Yeah. <laughs> no. Uh, Ravens box. Ravens box. Okay. 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 Week eight. All oh, right. Yeah. Week eight. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah, that'll be good. Mark the calendars. Week eight. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Circle it. Circle it. Yeah. <laughs> the one this year. No, I mean, right. but, like the one like good thing about Thursday night football to me has been that Al Michaels is just like off the rails now. Like this guy totally. is just is just is just like unleashed. Like he will he will straight up like talk crap about the games that they're bad. And then and Dude, then last night he was just straight up calling out Dan Snyder. Yeah. He was like, yeah, like I think that he probably like has some uh like he was he was like reading off a script that like yeah, that he like was. that like when they were uh, showing like him the in the press owners, box. Yeah, like that uh, like the NFL owners slipped him or something. It was like oh, okay, huh. here's here's what? like here's here's what we want you to say. So he was literally place. like. He was like, well, I think the the rest of the league will agree that it would be best if you just leave. Like, just get yeah, out like, of here. <laughs> yeah. Right. He was like, I suspect that what the owners want is for him to just sell the team. And then he literally, <laughs> yeah. he like rattled off everything that Dan Snyder has been accused of over like the last five years. He yeah. just said every single bad yeah. thing. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. But you know, um, Al Michaels is like low key, pretty lit. <laughs> I love Al Michaels. <laughs> He's based. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, he's based. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> That's an interesting thing to say about a seventy-seven-year-old man. No, he's, a cool, he's a cool guy. I remember him going on low like, key, the, pretty lit. You go on to like the Howard Stern show years ago and like talk about okay. sex life and stuff. He's pretty funny. Show me your titties. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. All right. All right. Let's get on to the real show here. Fantasy football. Let's get yeah. it done. But we're going to do like a little bit of an AMA here. We got some questions through the internet, just general questions, maybe start set, waivers, trades, or definitely just, some start sets. And stuff yeah, we like. got a little bit of everything here. I yeah. think it's going to be good. Mixed so let's, let's go through. We sourced these from Sleeper. And uh, the first one is from Anthony2300. Yes. Uh, do you, what should he trade Hollywood Brown and Jeff Wilson to receive Mike Evans and Cordero Patterson? I'm assuming it's full PPR, maybe. Uh, receivers, yeah, redrafts. He's he's okay. got Debo, T. Higgins, Hollywood Brown, Devontae Smith, Lazard, Dubs, 
CMC, Saquon, Zeke, Jeff Wilson, Hunt. So team's pretty good. Um, and we yeah, were talking really about good. this beforehand, but I think you, I, I think we're all in agreement, maybe not to do this trade, right? To keep Hollywood and Jeff Wilson. Yeah, I would go ahead and keep Hollywood and Jeff Wilson, mostly because so to me, it's essentially Hollywood Brown for Mike Evans is like 90% of what you're trying to figure out here. Um, because we don't have a timeline on the uh, Patterson injury. Like if it if like we knew that he was going to come back in like a week or whatever, then I think it would be like a heck of a lot closer. And I might even side with Evans and CPAT. But right now we don't even know. So it, like it sounds like so. so with with Wilson, you have to think about Elijah Mitchell. And then with Cordero Patterson, you have to think about his injury. And it sounds like Patterson and Mitchell have the same or similar injuries. And they're probably going to miss like between six to eight weeks. So like you'll be getting Patterson back like as soon as Jeff Wilson is going away. But like, right. why would you make the trade to like, to keep the injured player on your roster for six or however many week it, weeks it is. And you won't get that production until much later. I don't think Mike Evans is like enough of an upgrade from Hollywood Brown to want to do that. Or an upgrade at all. Or an I upgrade mean, at all. Well, yeah, exactly. There's there's an element to the Hollywood Brown thing that I think a lot of people are thinking of, which is the Hopkins return in yeah. a week. Um, right. And I, I know that, I know that there's probably a lot of people who are considering, you know, looking at that situation going, do I sell Hollywood Brown? Should I move off of Hollywood Brown? Is Hopkins going to come in and take, you know, uh, take away this a lot of his target share? Or how is that uh, target going to be redistrib- uh, you know, redistributed? But mm-hmm. I mean, for me, uh, if you're able to move Hollywood Brown for like, you know, in, in a package uh, where you're getting a guy that is like guy. a clear, clear tier upgrade, um, you know, then then maybe that's then that's something that you could do because it, you're just hedging your bet at that point for when the Hopkins uh, return happens, if it ends up having a, a big effect on them. But as far as like, you know, Mike Evans, like, I don't think that's enough of an upgrade if even it is one at all in order Probably to warrant taking on a guy with a really, really, you know, iffy situation injury wise with Cordero. Yeah. yeah and I if think- you're, and if you're, if you're, if you're sitting there with Hollywood and you're worried that he's all of a sudden just going to have his lunch ate by Hopkins and everybody comes don't back. Like, yeah. I mean, uh, like the Cardinals offense is number one in the NFL in terms of pass plays per game, number two in terms of pace. So like they're moving the ball up and on the field quickly. They're throwing the ball a ton. And Marquise Brown has a 27% target share, which is exactly more or less in line with what he's done for the last going on two and a half years now. So like, and- this is, this is just like what he is like D hop will come in and he'll get his, but Hollywood is like, like there's going to be more than enough to go around there. But it's also that that 27% target share is more than what D hop was getting last year. So I think, Maybe it goes down a, a tick, but like Hollywood Brown, I believe is the alpha on this team rest of season. So I wouldn't expect, yeah, D Hop to come in and all of a sudden yeah. take away or start out targeting him. Actually, I would still expect Hollywood Brown to be the guy. So yeah, I think that there's, I think that there's a decent chance, like a better than fifty percent chance that Hollywood Brown is just like he's just like the better, more effective player at their respective ages at this point. For sure, and I, I think we all said it, but. If you could maybe instead, don't worry about Cordell Patterson getting one of the running backs back, put Hollywood Brown and Jeff Wilson and maybe try to level up to like a Jamar Chase or something and redraft. Or yeah, even Chase, if you have to give a little more. But, right, and the Chase would be smart because that's like a little buy low situation there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Someone like that, that could be a level up, especially a guy that could be a buy low as well because yeah. I think Chase will be fine. Um, all right, next question comes from Melissa Miller. Just a, a start sick question. So you ask who to flex, 
Pollard versus Philadelphia, Alan Lazard versus the Jets, or Najee Harris versus Tampa Bay. Uh, what do you think, Ian? Uh, this is Lazard for me. I, I don't want anything to do with Najee versus Tampa Bay. But uh, he's probably in going to be in a lot of people's lineups just because of where you drafted him, and there's not that many players, and there's players out on buys and stuff. But, uh, yeah. And then, you know, Pollard versus Philly. Pollard is Pollard, man. Like Pollard, Pollard has a chance to make a good fantasy day in one play. Like, and he's done it many times, but it's just, he's just not getting enough consistent work. Uh, the passing game work just hasn't really been what we were hoping for as well. So Lazard has been a pretty reliable pick. I think he's got 13 PPR points in like three straight weeks uh, minimum. So, you know, hard to go wrong with that. I, I think I agree. It's between Lazard and Najee for me. And it's tough to want to sit Najee just because we're so accustomed to him getting such big volume that he should be like game proof, like game script proof. But Tampa is the volume's crazy. not there. It's always a brutal matchup and the volume is not there. And it went down even more last week. It's it's he's down to like a 50% snap share. Yeah, Najee yeah. is a guy that I would be trying to trade right now. Uh yeah. I just looked it up. Uh Tampa Bay is uh uh 30. They're they're allowing the second fewest points to running back per game on the year so far. So like there's they still have that dominant run defense. And then like the the pretty much worst case scenario for Najee Harris has played out. Like the reason why I think that we were all uh lower on him than ADP going into the year, uh is just that his volume will go down. Uh and the target share is not even in the double digits right now. It's 29th at the running back position. So he's not getting the that like insane amount of targets that was really keeping him alive last year. Uh, and uh, the opportunity shares really not anything special either. Uh, Jalen Warren is mixing in and you had um, uh, Tomlin come out and say that that's going to like continue to happen. That Jalen Warren has essentially earned uh, a selection of opportunities. I think any other given weeks play Najee Harris still, even though we're all pretty low on him, but here versus Tampa Bay, I, I do agree. I'd probably go Lazard. That's, that's a pretty tough call. Um, but Lazard has been – he's been doing it, and he's been uh, leading that team in terms of target share right up there with with Romeo Dubs, at least. Okay, we got another question from Dante011. Uh, he wants to hear about, like, midseason pivoting in Dynasty League. So he says, at what point in a Dynasty season do you make moves to compete versus moves to retool or rebuild? And then what are the key indicators and results that you sh- that should influence you? Um, so what do you think about that, Cameron? I know you probably have a good answer to that. Um, what are are the indicators that you're looking at? Have you thought about that? Yeah. So like I have, um, I forget, I forget the guy that did this on uh, Twitter, but, um, I think it was like sometime in the off season, uh, I did see some research in terms of, and this was going back like years and years and years. Like it was a huge sample of uh whenever you make like a win now move like where where like you trade for one guy and like the difference in terms of points per game across a one game sample that that like one guy can actually make and it was like it was like less than a percent difference in your like expected win percentage across like a one game sample so like if you're if you're trying to make a move uh and this was specifically looking at people that made a move like at trade deadline so like right before right before playoffs started uh, you you might think that you're making like this like impactful move that's really going to uh, like improve your odds of winning the championship, but across one game things are so variable. And whenever you're whenever you're in the playoffs, like you're you're 
ostensibly playing like the best teams in your league anyway, that like one extra guy is going to score you a couple more points above the replacement, even if, even if it's like a big star or whatever, and that's going to result in, like I said, like a 1% edge. Um, so right. I think that, I think that like the most important thing to remember is that, that to avoid making those big all in moves ever, like, even if you think, even if you are like demonstrably, like very, very close, like, or even like the second best team in your league or whatever, like don't go make big, huge, wild swings. Like your team is already good. You know what I mean? Like, obviously, like if you're like the number one, number two, number three, best team in your league and you're already in the playoffs, or whatever, like your team is already good more or less roll with what you have or buy low on somebody that you think is maybe undervalued, but never, never do the thing where you're like, all right, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to trade like this young injured guy that I have plus a first or whatever to go out and get like some 27 year old bet. Uh, I would, I would absolutely never under any circumstances do that in terms of when to pivot. I think you have to look at your points for, you have to see like maybe like you're underperforming uh, your points for, I think I have an idea of that. Like I would look maybe at your points four or five games through the season or just look at the other rosters in your league. And if there are like three, at least three or more teams that are just significantly better than your team, then I would start to to think about a rebuild right there. If you, like you said, if you can't make an all, if you don't want to make an all in move to try to go and get better than those teams, then I would just start to tear it apart. And especially this year is a good year to try to do that. If you can, by 2023 picks right now and there's some leagues where they're just not available we were talking in our main dynasty league and even in yeah. two of our dynasty leagues someone has been kind of like just hoarding all the picks and it's kind of killed <laughs> I have the all of them in the superflex <laughs> yeah and yeah basically in a lot of our dynasty leagues that ends up happening um yeah someone's smart they're like they're like nesting like <laughs> building that that right uh, the picks okay. nest for like years at a time right and i think that you know like the point that I'm trying to get across is to sort of not like to avoid thinking, I think in terms of rebuild versus uh, like win now or whatever, like as much as possible. And to instead have like, think of your team in terms of like, you know, you're building towards something always. And it's like always the same goal, like just making, just like growing the value of your team over and over and over again. So like just buying, buying low on guys when you can get an opportunity um buying picks like years in advance whenever they're whenever they're cheaper and then you have them stockpiled and then you have the like currency that you can use to in any kind of situation that you need to use it Um, i think that's a good philosophy just in general to have in dynasty just always be looking for the buy low opportunity you know go out and get the guy that no one wants at the moment but has like a clear path to be good later on you know like dk metcalf was that perfect chance earlier in the off season right now where he was basically going down to like wide receiver two, like a low end wide receiver two and market value. Right. But, I mean, he showed he's good next year. If they get a quarterback in there, he's going to be a top 12 dynasty wide receiver again. Yeah. Like if you're going into the playoffs, right. And like you have a chance to spend your first, right. Like say like you have two offers on the table and you're going into the dynasty playoffs and you have a chance to spend your first on like a 29 year old running back who's putting up, 17 points a game something like that versus uh like javante williams or something like like a young injured running back that has shown out that has a really good profile that you know that you have good reason to believe will continue to be good for years and years to come and will guarantee raise in value over the next year i i even as like a competitor i would still take the javante williams over over the 29 year old running back that i know is going to 
to score for me. You know what I mean? Um, that's where I'm at. Right. Yeah. And did you bring up Javante Williams, but he's definitely a good buy low right now. You look at the team who owns him, maybe they're trying to compete and they're, they're looking at him as someone they could trade for win now assets, like something like a guy like Alvin Kamara or something, or even Derek Henry. If you could trade one of those guys to go stash Javante Williams, that's oh, wait a minute. That I would always make. Okay. So shout out to this guy. He's actually in one of our dynasty leagues. Uh, and I'm just sort of realizing that I actually have his first in one league. So I have to look at his team and I have to actually tailor my answer to convince him to start tanking actually. So like, we're going to like edit all this out and, I'm gonna, <laughs> <laughs> and now I'm just going to totally change my answer. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Sell all your guys, Dante. Whenever your name is it's Dante. You. Whenever your yeah. name is Dante, you tank. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's over for you. <laughs> Yeah. Anything else to add on that? I think that's no, a good, good answer. No, I think you did a pretty good job. Yeah. And then uh, someone else, another guy from one of our leagues, Clever Puns asks, uh, basically when to pivot to rookies, like how much uh, do you need to see in order to go to the London owner, you know, with everything to make them an appealing offer? Uh, and we were, just talking about this and we, Cameron has brought that up on the show a lot that you go back and look at rookie wide receivers in particular, like, you know, a lot from the first two to four weeks of the season. So there's already a lot of data now on these wide receivers and someone like London, it's like, I would be going already. with the bag. I'd be going to the owner with the bag right now to right go now. all in because Drake London <laughs> probably going to be like a top five guy sooner or later. Yeah. As, and like Drake London's a really good example because it's so like uh, like exaggerated with him, right? Like he he was he was such a good profile, like drafted top five, rather declare, absolutely crushed, crushed when he was on the field with Michael Pittman and um, uh, Amon Ra. You know what I mean? Like there was just so much to like in the profile, and then he immediately comes out and is getting like thirty five percent target share games. You know, uh, in a case like that where like you think the guy's awesome, and then he comes out and he's immediately proving that to be true. Yeah, like I think that earlier, earlier than you might think, go out like by like week two, literally, I think that we have enough to be like, okay, this guy is likely going to be very good. And you have a little bit of a little bit of a, a window there where maybe you can get out in front of the market. But like still, I mean, like if you go look at market value, he's like a top 10 dynasty wide receiver already. So like the edge is very small in cases like that, I think. But uh I think that you can move on dynasty or move on rookie uh, wide receivers in terms of buying earlier than you might think. And then also in terms of like trying to sell and like recoup a loss earlier yeah. than you might think. Like the inverse is true. Like after two weeks, we were basically telling you sell sky more. Cause like the dude's not even like earning opportunity right. to get on the field. And that's a terrible sign for any rookie. Tough. I mean, it can be different with running backs a little bit, but with a wide receiver, that's just not even, getting snaps or doing anything when he is out on the field you just cut bait because someone else might still believe in that player and it's a pretty yeah. good indicator that that's what it's going to be like for the rest of the season or rest of his career really and it's not to say that like he you know he's just like dead in the water right like there are guys that do turn it around but like the probability is not in a guy like that's favor if you can trade him for like what close to what you drafted him for, like a late first round type pick, definitely, and go get that value for from Sky Moore, um, instead of waiting till it falls down to a second round pick or whatever. Late, like at the end of the season, he continues this. He's going to be like worth a late second, early third. 
basically, and you lost your window to sell him. And then, uh, all right, we got two more questions. This one comes from Nameless07. Just uh, rest of the season, Miles Sanders or Kenneth Walker in full PPR? Um, I'm I'm Miles Sanders here, actually. Are you uh, – what do you think, Ian? Yeah, Sanders. Yeah, I, sure, just, I, I, side with, I side with the elite offense. Well, I mean, the Seahawks have been an elite offense, though. I, 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 side, with the, Seahawks I have, side with the, the Seahawks sustainably elite offense. I don't know. Like this one is like this one's close to me. Like I think that I think that like we're gonna see Kenneth Walker get like everything out of that out of that out of that backfield. And no, I do think that the I, Seahawks I, offense is for real. I don't think it's like that. Pete Carroll's doesn't really have a history of workhorsing guys like that. So yeah, yeah like Penny went down pretty early in this one, and then uh, Kenneth Walker got like fifty eight percent of snaps, eight carries. But he's getting very little in the terms of targets as well. Yeah, the targets are up. It's going to be a similar role to what Penny had, and we saw that he's going to have big weeks. If the offense continues to score, he'll make big plays, and there will be some nice games. But I actually think the guy, Miles Sanders, who just hasn't been consistent at all, has finally shown a little more consistency this year. And I, I think the volume is going to be bigger, and I think the targets – or he's going to see more targets rest of the season than Kenneth Walker. So I guess that was basically the tiebreaker to me. Yeah, so uh, pretty much, I think it's I think it's close. I think it's like splitting hairs here. I think that Kenneth Walker, if you were in a redraft league, and you know, like we're too late for this at this point, but he was a guy that's like the all-in waiver guy, like because he was available in like fifty-five percent of leagues, something like that. Like literally, spend every single thing that you have on him. Um, uh, going into the season, I was like far, far out on Penny and Walker both. Like both guys are just guys that I was not going to draft at all. One of the reasons for that, well, like both of the reasons for that. Are uh, they were going to be splitting time in a terrible offense, and they weren't going to get targets. So three reasons, and then now you have two of those out of the way. Like I, like I don't think that Kenneth Walker is going to get one hundred percent of the work. Obviously, I think he's going to get like the um, uh, like the bulk of the work, and the offense is actually good. So um, I don't think he is going to get targets. Like we've never seen uh, a running back really heavily uh, like heavily targeted there. But then again, Miles Sanders is also not really getting targeted this year. So um, I think that you can make a case for either. Um, and I think I would lean Walker. Oh, really? I, I think like so. Maybe the the upside might be a little higher for Walker. If you're thinking about best case scenario, if that offense continues to be good and this guy just ends up to be like a truly elite type of player, which, I mean, we saw yeah. a pretty special play out of him last week where he broke off a 70-yard run. But, I mean, Miles Sanders is capable of doing that too. Yeah, I mean, it is, it is, it is really, really close. Like, like if you ask me again, like if I had more time with the numbers and stuff, I might, I might settle on Sanders because he is getting a lot of opportunity. Yeah, um, I mean, and, Sanders, but man, he's gotten like basically fifteen or more <laughs> carries every single week, and you know, averaging about two and a half targets per game as well. So I feel like Walker's probably going to get a pretty similar type of uh, workload as well. Um, I yeah, guess I, I do it's... just lean on the offense. I think will be much better rest of season. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that, yeah, that is a, that is a good bet that, that the Eagles offense will be, will be better than the, than the Seahawks. Yeah. He also uh, asked to rank these three wide receivers rest of season, full PPR, Curtis Samuel, Brandon cooks and Rashad Bateman. Uh, For me, actually, that's, it's already in order right there. For me, it's Curtis Samuel, Brandon cooks and Rashad Bateman. Yeah. Yeah. 
Bateman is currently injured, right? Yeah, he's injured. Yeah, and so it was really... already starting to look kind of iffy for him with the amount of – he really wasn't getting on the field the way you wanted him to. And now he's hurt and he's probably going to miss another week. Yeah, I would probably go Cooks. Uh, Cooks and then like a drop-off, honestly. Cooks is in like his own tier and then Samuel and then maybe even another drop-off and then Bateman. Because Bateman, and like this is something that I've talked about a lot this year, is that Bateman is not even a full-time player. Like even whenever he was healthy, he like wasn't even approaching like full-time uh, like route participation, much less target share. Um, so he he just like he was like a situational guy in that offense. Uh, um, Cooks has a twenty-six percent target share. Uh, is a full-time player. Uh, is a pedigreed player. Like season after season after season after season of like top fifteen what's type a, of wide receiver. What's Samuel's target share though right now? I think it's got to be like close to that. Yeah. So yes, but so it's so it's not like that. Uh, it's good, but it's not. But it, it's not as good. Twenty-two uh, percent. Um, uh, he's also running at ninety-five percent rep. Uh, participation but he's he's running as kind of like a gadget player like 4.5 yard a dot whereas cooks is continuing to get targeted like an actual wide receiver yeah uh let's see i guess cooks and samuel are pretty close for me it's kind of splitting hairs between those two but it's a clear difference from those two guys to bateman for me bateman someone yeah, i agree already kind of low on i'm like just about entirely moved off of him at least rest of season yeah and i haven't heard the update on his He's injury. out. He's out this week. Well, at least one more week. He's going to be out. What does he even have? You know, uh, it's a foot injury. A foot, a foot injury. Foot. Yeah, I don't know the specifics of it actually. But... I still take Bateman over Samuel. Okay, so like Cooks, Cooks, Cooks first. Bateman, Samuel. Yeah, it's not that I like, don't. It's not that I don't think Samuel's like worthless or anything like that. It's just that I'm still going to err on the side of what I perceive could be like a second half explosion. I don't see that happening out of Curtis Samuel. No. Yes. That's the thing. With and me Curtis too. Samuel is somebody that you picked up off of waivers almost certainly. So yeah. like. Yeah. Man. Like cooks, like cooks has all the ingredients right now. Like if you look at what he's doing to like legitimately like down the stretch, be like a locked in wide receiver two type of guy. Uh, it's he's just been just slightly underperforming. Yeah. Yeah, like it's just a matter of whether he gets like touchdowns or whether the offense can pick it up or whatever. I think that even in best case scenario, Curtis Samuel is gonna be like like maybe his best case scenario is like wide receiver twenty-four or something like that. You know. Like it's hard for these like super low A dot like gadgety guys uh to yeah to, like perform very well, you know. I believe so, man. He dropped a like a, a long touchdown pass last night. Otherwise he'd have he'd have had another good game. Here though, yeah, he, I mean, he would be like a, a wide receiver one, five right. or six weeks through the season without that. But now I feel what you're saying though. Bateman definitely at the bottom of that list for me though. Okay, we had the last question we have comes from Craig Harrison. He's talking about the 2023 free agents running back class. Oh, and he, yeah, this is interesting. He lists this and he asks us who's going to end up as a backup, <laughs> and the guys are Saquon Barkley, Kareem Hunt, Tony Pollard, Miles Sanders, Damian Harris. Daryl Williams, David Montgomery, Singletary, Madison, James Robinson, and Dearness Johnson. So I think we could answer this question by talking about who won't end up as a backup. Yeah. First of all, though, like Daryl Henderson, Daryl Henderson, not Daryl Williams. Right. Oh, Daryl Henderson. Is, sorry. Did I say Williams? Yeah. This is a 
this is a wild free agent class for running backs. First of all, like this, this is going to be like really interesting to see where all of these guys go. Now, now a lot of them will end up re-signing or getting extended. That always happens. Um, we're franchised. But, right, right. We're franchised. Josh Jacobs should be on there too, right? Jacobs, know you know, Jacobs, Jacobs should there. be on there too. Maybe, maybe he assumes Jacobs is going to get re-signed now, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, yes. Yeah, so Josh Jacobs should be on there too. Uh, yeah, so there's going to be a number of them that are just going to get re-signed. Saquon Barkley, it's hard to imagine that they let Saquon Barkley go. Uh, uh, the Giants, like they probably should, given where their I, team I actually, is at. But I think they might, actually. I think I mean I think that that's like the best choice. I just don't I just would be shocked. Like there, he's, there's, he's, there's he's so much of that team. He's Sorry, their ownership he's is Zeke. really yeah, well, exactly. But it's exactly. a new but the, the the guys who drafted him aren't there anymore. And I don't know. I think they're really the ownership is still there, right? The ownership is, but it looks like Shane has control, like in a way that other GMs haven't. I don't know, but that's my my hunch is that they would let him walk unless they really feel like they're gonna build a team to compete. Like within the next year or two, they're four and one. I mean, they are. <laughs> Come on, man. What I've just seen from them is they're only like signing veteran minimum deals right now. They've just been so like disciplined oh, I know. with their yeah. signings. I can't imagine them giving out like sixty million dollars to a running back on a year two contract. Like, I just don't think that's what they're about, honestly. Well, but we'll see. We'll, well see. Well, I think you. I think as a Giants fan, you definitely don't like want them to do that, right? Like you want no. them to just uh, like commit to the rebuild. And they could franchise him. Right. Yes, they could franchise him as well. Which that's I think the is, most likely option. Which I, yeah, like which I think is what will end up happening. Um, yeah, I think yeah, uh, I think that he'll still be there. I mean, it's possible that it's possible that he won't. But you know, but but they do have the franchise tag. Uh, Kareem Hunt. It, I mean, he's a backup he, right now. Yeah. Will he be on? Will he be on his second tag? Um, let me look at Kareem Hunt. No, he's probably going to be on a tag. He's, he's going to be somewhere else. Tag. He's going to be somewhere else next year, almost definitely. Like, he didn't want to be with the Browns anymore. Right. Yeah. Like, he's got to be a free so, agent. like, a lot of this is like having to like break down which teams are going to have a tag available for these guys. Right. Um, I don't like, I will say that if, uh, if, uh, like Kareem Hunt does actually make it to free agency, then he will be a starter somewhere. I, guess I think he could. I mean, much. he's a, he's a backup definitely. right now that could end up being a starter next year. Definitely. And I yeah, think he's, there's a couple guys like it's just so hard to predict because there's a couple guys I could see that happening for. Um, like I think Damian Harris could go somewhere, have a starting role. Madison, maybe even. Um, I think it just depends on the right situation where to come. But the, the the odds are most of these guys will like land somewhere in a committee, you know, whether they're the one or the two or the three. Right. It's probably gonna be so something we have, like that. So we have on the list if we include uh Josh Jacobs, just to say, like the guys that we have actually seen over the course of a year run as a full time workhorse Saquon Barkley, Kareem Hunt, David Montgomery, um, James Robinson, and Josh Jacobs. So, those are the guys that we've actually seen do it over the course of an entire year who GMs are going to have Harris know, and assuming Miles' capability. Assuming Dave Miles Harris, Sanders, yeah. Assuming no, Miles Sanders Harris was on another, for a season. I don't know what like Harris's opportunity share he was. was. I don't think it. I don't think it was quite workhorse last he's year. He's always led the way in targets, last but he's always year? been. In yeah, I think he's been like a one A. Yeah. He's always been. Yeah, la- yeah, last year he had like a 43 percent snap share, less less than a fifty percent opportunity share. He just scored a ton yeah. of touchdowns. 
I think guys uh, like as good as Singletary might play rest of the season. I think he's going to be like dead in the water oh, next no. year. Singletary is toast, man. I don't You're bringing think someone else any good. No, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I think even James Robinson, play. like I can't really imagine James Robinson continuing to play above Travis Etienne next year as well if they re-sign him. But God, who knows? Right. I didn't see it happening this year either, so I have no clue. <laughs> he also has a Zeke effect to him, I think. <laughs> yeah, where yeah, they, they like they seem they just to really have a like commitment him. to him. Yeah, and that's something to consider with uh, David Montgomery as well. Is that the Bears organization, for whatever reason, uh, just really likes David Montgomery? Like he used to be, like he was like a team captain uh, for like a couple of years, and then he was like their honorary captain for Week One. Like I think that something in Bears ownership is just like a huge fan of David. Uh, uh, well, and then like they have sure. a guy, and then like they have his uh, backup who's like outperforming him every time he touches the ball. Yet he's still the full time workhorse. And I've just been betting on him. Like as soon as he comes back, he'll you know like immediately get the role, and it just keeps happening and happening and happening. So I would not at all be surprised to see him get uh, re-signed as well. I maybe I think I think they're gonna let him walk, but we'll see. I mean, I, I mean, yeah, like I think that they will, and I think that they absolutely should. But I wouldn't like I wouldn't be shocked to see him just to see him back. And I think that they have I think that a lot of people assume that it's like a foregone conclusion that he'll just be gone, and I don't think it's that. I don't, I don't think it's that cut and dry. I think with next year, though, like, I would be shocked if Pollard, if Pollard's back on Cowboys, that Pollard wouldn't be seeing more opportunity than Zeke by next year. Because, I mean, it's already close to 50 <laughs> this year, and one of them Fourth has been so much charm. better. But, dude, I mean, it's re- it really has happened this year. They're basically <laughs> in the like, Pollard a 50-50 so committee, and Pollard has been just so much better through five weeks. Yeah, I still think as long as Zeke's there, they're just gonna they're just gonna slam it up the middle with him 15 times a game. I, I Zeke's don't think that... gone next year. He should be on this free agency. Zeke is done. No, think I think so? Zeke's like, still under contract. Yeah, Zeke's but... under contract. Doesn't he have any? No, 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 no. They have an out after this year. Yeah, what's the uh, dead cap on it? Yeah, it's like it's not team. it's not what it's been for the past couple of years. I'm gonna look it up. Let me look it up. It's um Okay, it's a it's twelve million dollar dead cap. I uh, yeah, as opposed to like thirty. Thirty, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh god. Yeah, that's still yeah, that, yeah, so Zeke could be out. I I mean, that. I really also like you know with that we're, we're talking about how ownership feels about David uh, Montgomery. Like, I think I just do not see them cutting Zeke. I I just I mean I'll, I mean maybe no, he's gone. No, I don't think they will for twelve million. He's gone. I don't think so either, man. Jerry Jones loves this dude. They they I see really him as like the it. face of the franchise, and that's they care more about their brand than actually winning. Well, then you know I can see Pollard getting the Chase Edmonds deal then, and actually having a chance. If they're going to do that, I can see Pollard getting a chance somewhere. Yeah, yeah hopefully it turns for out sure. better for him than it did for Chase Edmonds. Maybe he'll go to Miami. <laughs> be a perfect fit there in Miami. <laughs> actually, legit, it's not a bad. It would not be a bad spot for him. We'll definitely talk about this more when the season comes. I heard some trade rumors right now, actually, that Dearness Johnson could be on the move. And especially if the Rams are looking after a running sense. back, that, that that's a possible trade outcome. So we'll see about that. Um, yeah, I just because they like, have no use for Dearness Johnson, and he's actually been pretty serviceable. It makes zero sense to me why there is zero trade market in the NFL. Like, you can get these guys for six-rounders. Or less. Yeah, like, yeah, these are guys who don't even make time. your roster. Sixth rounders never make your roster. They're practice squad guys. <laughs> like if you need a running back in week five and you can get these guys who've shown you yeah. capability. 
Uh, I yeah. they'll continue to pick up Latavius Murray's. Well, usually yeah. the Rams, Devonte Freeman's. The Rams will do deals like that, so I could see that happening. Now that so a lot we know of the about times, when you like look into it, like a lot of the times the reason ends up being like comp picks. So like, so like, uh, like the team that that like has the player can just hold the player, let them leave in free agency, then they get awarded a comp pick. So like the price has to be above that comp pick, right? And then like teams aren't willing to pay that. So like, so the team that could sell the player could could look at it like, okay, like I either get the uh, like production this year from the player, plus I get a comp pick whenever whenever he leaves in free agency, or I get whatever you're paying me. So like, it has to be like if the comp pick formula says it's going to be like a fourth rounder, then it has to be like a third rounder to move him, and nobody wants to pay. Like if like Cam Akers is on the block right and we now, we saw Cooper move for a fifth rounder. Right, that was a that was deal. a contract thing. That was a horrible deal, right? Um, yeah, right. And I, and I don't know exactly how the comp pick calculator works either. Like it's, it's like nobody does, but it's always been somewhat like of a fuzzy mystery to me. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Right. No, but I've had the same question and like, uh, and like I looked into it over the years and it was like, okay, that was like the only answer that I could find. It was like, okay, teams, <laughs> teams are really obsessed with like this comp pick thing. Yeah. Okay. We should, um, we should move on though. We're going to just go through some guys. I've got a, a bunch of players listed out, either, either guys that have been like underperforming or overperforming, and we'll basically just say whether we think it's real or not, whether it'll continue at this pace or if things are going to get better or worse for each guy. We'll run through these pretty quickly, but I have a quarterback. First one is Russell Wilson. He's the QB 20 points per game right now, which was just not at all what he was drafted for. I've been saying for weeks and weeks now that it's going. he's going to turn it around. He's going to turn it around, and he still hasn't yet. So I, right. I'm becoming more and more skeptical each and every week, I think, with Russell Wilson. I, I just I, – I'm not sure. I think he turns it around. I don't know if he'll be a top-five quarterback like I expected him to possibly be before the season, but it just seems like Nathaniel Hackett is not really a great NFL coach or at least uh, as an offensive coordinator. Wasn't there news that he like flew out of the country to go get consultation on some shoulder injury or something? As Russ, well? Yeah. Yeah. There was something he missed some time at practice. Yeah. He's got, he's dealing with something. Yeah. So it I was, don't know the it, details. So, so it was after uh, like that last horrible game that we saw him play, like immediately, like, uh, like the next day there was like news that he had been dealing with a shoulder injury uh, and that he was going to go get like consultation. And I don't, I don't know if the part of him flying out of the country is true or not, but I do remember reading something about it. Partially torn lat muscle in his throwing shoulder six days ago. Oh God! So, what do you think? They he have another prime time game What's this that? week. They have another prime time game this week. Oh my God! Yeah, they keep putting him on prime time too. That's yeah, actually so unironically. I think that has a decent amount to do with like why the media has just been obsessed with how bad he's been playing because they just, oh, yeah, no like doubt. what if they had, what did they had like four out of five games in primetime, like between Sunday, Monday night in the first five weeks, something like that. Yeah. Four of six, I think. Yeah. But as far as real or not is concerned, I mean, I mean, he's at the QB 20. Do I think he's going to be the QB 20 in points per game rest of the season? It can't no. be that bad. It can't no. like yeah. that. No. Do I think he's a QB one? No. Rough. Yeah. I'm I'm skeptical that he will be a QB one rest of season two. Maybe top fourteen. Yeah. Rest of season. 
and and you'd honestly be happy with that because it's been so bad <laughs> the way things there's are something going. in the water man every time they show him on the camera he looks so uncomfortable like he looks like so scrambled I, just, I think nathaniel hackett's just gonna end up being like fired after the season and they're just gonna have to reset because it's been five weeks now and there has not been a sign yet of them turning it around i mean he was making the same bad decisions at the end of last game that he was in week one i just I think it might be like something they have to reset, bring in a new coach and start again next year. I'm worried about that type of at, situation. I'm just looking at what he's done so far. Uh, so the offense, uh, it, it's, just, it's just not really a profile through through the first five weeks here that looks like a QB1 profile, right? Like, uh, like the team pass plays per game and pace of player, middle of the league. Um, and the efficiency is just not what it's been over the course of his career, particularly on a – deep balls um he's not very accurate out of a clean pocket right now um so yeah I, I i don't expect it to turn around and for him to look like you know top five top six russell wilson that we've seen year after year after year but because we have that pedigree and a decade now of him being like a high-end qb it, it makes it an interesting conversation because like is it is it like how much of it has to do with the injury because when you see this like a guy that we didn't know was injured at least going into the season who has consistently been like this top, you know, had stretches of like top five, even like QB one play. And then all of a sudden is this bad? Uh, you do kind of, you do kind of look at it sideways, but I do not expect it to turn around to that level. Yeah, unfortunately not. And then, yeah, you know, I mean, and the weapons are just, I mean, like this is a big thing uh, this year. And a big thing that I've been interested in over like the last couple of years is what, what, what are the effects of wide receiver play on quarterback play? Like, uh, I mean, cause they're, they're like, there's example after example now of quarterbacks getting a new wide receiver coming to town and they start to play uh, like dramatically better. And then now you have an example of Russell Wilson downgrading his wide receiver weapons, like significantly. Like, I mean, it's, it's like as highly as we think of Cortland Sutton, he's a far cry from DK Metcalf yeah, and Jerry yeah. Judy is certainly a far cry from Tyler Lockett. And then you have Geno Smith, who's always like who has like the opposite effect, right? Like he he's the one that gets that now gets those wide receivers and he's yeah. falling out of control. So, so Geno Smith is next on the list because he's <clears throat> seven right now, which is wild through five weeks. And I was looking it up. He's thrown the ball 157 times. That's like over 30 pass attempts a game through five weeks last year. Russell Wilson was below 25 attempts per game. So like something has changed where Pete Carroll's all of a sudden letting them throw the ball there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is what I was talking about last show. We're like, uh, like particularly, and it's like not even like an all year long thing. It's like, uh, like the first two weeks of the season, we got 100% regular Pete Carroll ball, throw <laughs> the ball 20 times, just, you know, like grinding the football in the dust on the ground. And then like the next two weeks, it was just like air it out. I think that they, I think they were playing at like the fastest pace in the NFL or something. They're playing like in a hurry up at all times. <laughs> I know. It's wild. But yeah, I mean, I, I mean, guess if I were to say real or not, I'd say no, he's not going to finish as a QB one probably, but um, I, you know, it's going to get worse from here on out, but at least, you know, that like he can support decent performances from Lockett and DK Metcalf, Metcalf rest of the way, at least. Yeah. And this is, and this is the total inverse of a uh, rest. Like I know we have a full career of Gino sucking eggs. And then now like everything like with efficiency, like no matter what you look at, he's just like crushing it. Like I think he's, I think I saw he's PFF's top rated uh, quarterback, right? He was, uh, he was, yeah, he is right now. 
second, uh, second most accurate quarterback in the NFL, accurate, accurate downfield. Um, so like, I don't know, like you have to assume that this, that this goes down, right? Like just because it's, it, it, know, will. it can't get higher. It can't get better from here on out. Yeah. Right. I don't, the I think it's a little away, bit of fool's gold. Yeah. The biggest takeaway is that it's actually saving the receivers, which is cool. Yeah. And they, became, they weren't burned draft picks. Right. Became market. Crushing it. Yeah. yeah. And then also something else to note is that he does, he does a uh, run, you know, like he's a uh, 12th position in terms of carries per game. And they, and it's not just scrambles, like they do like script in runs for him too. A so bit, like, yeah. So like that's gonna give him somewhat of a floor. Uh I guess I guess my take is that he's going to that he's not gonna continue at this pace, but I think that he's a viable QB too. Like if you have him, like I, I could see like a you know, like a QB fifteen, QB fourteen, QB sixteen oh type of finish. In Superflex, he's been an amazing value. Absolutely. Right. People were probably like dropping him in Superflex leagues before the season. Yeah. Um, yeah. Last quarterback we have though is Tom Brady because he's QB 16 right now, but you know, he hasn't really gotten it back on track for fantasy, but he is getting it back on track. They thrown the ball 50 times or more in the last two weeks, 385 yards versus Kansas city, 350 against Atlanta last week. The wide receivers are healthy. At least Godwin and Mike Evans are back. So Brady to me is like a major buy candidate right now at this low QB 16 price right now. Yeah, uh, this was another interesting one because how much the Tampa Bay offense has changed over the last two weeks. Uh, earlier in the season, I had talked about how different they looked uh, like across the first two weeks, like in particular, where they were just playing at like an incredibly slow pace. They weren't really throwing the ball a lot. They were just feeding Leonard Fournette, trying to run the ball out while everybody on their offense was injured, it seemed. Like they didn't have they didn't have Julio. Like there was – like, what was it, Everyone week two where like – I mean, they lost Mike Evans too, and Godwin was out, and Gage. Did they was picked out. up like it was garbage. <laughs> yeah, they had to they had to put in the call to like uh, Cole Beasley. Uh, like Cole Beasley, yeah, like make sure you're like, vaccinated. Get in the it was town. like Cole Beasley and Scotty <laughs> Miller and like Brashad Perriman was his wide receiver. And then after wow. that game, Beasley was like, "Hey man, I gave it a second thought. Turns out I am gonna I am and, gonna hang it up." <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. I mean, look, Leonard Fournette's run the ball 17 times over the past two games. Like, they've gone away from the run for sure. A really pass-happy team. He's going to probably get up near his, like, 700 attempts again this year, just like he's been hitting since he went with the Bucks. So, right, but, I, he's a buy to me. So, so like, first two weeks, roughly an average of 30 attempts a game uh, for Brady and then about 200 passing yards. Last, last three weeks, about an average of, like, 45, 46 attempts. And then like probably 300 uh, passing yards. So like or like so now, 20 or something, yeah. Yeah. So now, so now through five five weeks, we have two weeks of like outlier performance compared to the last three, four, five, six, seven years of Brady that we've seen. Uh, certainly the last two years of him on Tampa, and then we have three weeks that look roughly like what we've come to expect. So I would expect to just see more of what we've seen over the last two years going forward. I would go and try to buy Chris Godwin right now, too. I don't have him on this list, but 10 targets and six targets in the last two games. Sounds like he is healthy now and playing uh, a full allotment of snaps. So he's someone, if you can still get him low as like a wide receiver three, I I would be doing it Um, because that volume is going to be there for that whole team. And then let's go on to the running backs. You got to talk about Josh Jacobs. Is he real or not? Because he's RB4 through five weeks, back-to-back 30-point games. 
he's getting the workload we've always dreamed of for him, you know, since coming into the league that John Gruden never quite gave him. So to me, like rest of season, the answer is yes, this is for real. I don't know if he's going to continue with the 30 point games like this, but uh, the workload is insane. Like he's, I, he's probably on the field as much as any running back in football. And over the last three, four weeks, probably seeing the ball as many, uh, you know, as much as any other running back in football. Think, yeah, extremely efficient too, too. He's, he's like over five yards of carry right now. Um, I'm, I'm, what are we defining as real or not? Because I'm having I mean, a hard time. Top 10 RB parsing. at least. Yes. I, okay. I think, yeah. Top 10 RB. Yes. Top four RB. No. I'm, Right. Uh, Dude, he's, he might he's be. basically might be. No, man, because he's getting he's getting the workload that maybe three or four other guys are getting, but those other three or four other guys are much better than him. So like I, I don't see a world where he scores more points than he's I don't think he's gonna outscore Saquon mm-hmm. outside of injury. Saquon I, I don't think I don't think he's gonna he's not gonna outscore Christian McCaffrey. McCaffrey's better. Nick I don't Chubb. think he's gonna outscore Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb is a million times well, better. Well, those are the three he, top three running backs, yeah. Okay, so then let's go Derrick Henry. I, I, CMC. I don't think – I said CMC. Okay. But, like, so there's Derrick Henry right there, you know, so – Well, Austin Eckler's RB1. Eckler. I'd put him right around, like, RB7 or 8 right now if I were to re-rank these guys. Yeah, so, Which is I a mean, major, so, like, improvement for what we thought he was, like RB28 or whatever before the season. The major, the major takeaway for me when it comes to Josh Jacobs is – a, the preseason discussions about committees and everything was clearly incredibly overblown. It's still the same situation. He's still the main oh, guy. If anything, close. Yeah, if like, anything, he has like a, has like four attempts in the year. I think. Yeah, they came out and played him in the in the in the Hall of Fame game, and so everybody's like, "Oh, well, Josh Jacobs is completely boned," and I was one <laughs> yeah. of them. And yeah, no, Zamir White had like that like one run where like it was like wide ass open, and he got like fifteen yards. And then and everyone's like, Josh so Jacobs is a bad That's how ready people were to bury Josh Jacobs. So Josh Jacobs comes out here and he basically has a workload that's like him and maybe two, maybe three or four other guys have. So just yeah. off of that opportunity and that volume, if he's able to stay healthy, which in Josh Jacobs' history is, is, a, is, is a factor for sure, if he's able to stay healthy, I think he's absolutely going to be a top 10 guy and he's going to be a remarkable value from where he was drafted. Well, here's the thing about Jacobs too, is like, so, so he's getting the crazy volume, right? And like volume is the most important thing in the running back position, especially the most important thing in any position. You, you got to have volume to score points, but the efficiency is insane too. It's, like it's yards traded per touch. Yeah. yeah. He's, I mean, he is running as one of the best running backs in the NFL right now. Like, he's mm-hmm. like I mean, he's uh, like, it's like how he was in his rookie season where like nobody could yeah. tackle him. He passes yeah. the eye test for sure. For I, sure. I, he's yeah. like he's running with like a bullet up his ass right now. Like I don't know what's going on. <laughs> a, bu- a, a rocket bullet. up his ass. <laughs> a bullet. Where? No, that's Brian Robinson. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> too soon. Too soon. Yeah, he's fine. Right. He scored a touchdown. But Nick yeah, Chubb yeah. was the next guy on the list. But like, I'm not so sure that I would just automatically assume Nick Chubb outscores him because in full PPR. Jacobs is seeing the targets that Nick Chubb won't see at all. So like, you take so you take Jacobs over Chubb rest of the season? Uh it would be really close. I probably actually, yeah. Yeah. So you had the same problem with with Nick Chubb that you've always had. Like, so he's like a like he's only getting a 55% uh, snap share, less than a 60% opportunity share. He's not run. 
as a like like his utilization does not match up with his points whatsoever like that that that's just never going to change with him that's the reason why he wasn't a first round that's the reason why he hasn't been a first round running back in years that's the reason why fantasy analysts always tell you to fade nick chubb and that has not changed whatsoever this year the thing that's changed is that now he's getting uh, like the touchdowns but like where 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 he was on the bad side of the touchdown luck these last couple of years. Now he's on the good side of it. And it seems like the red zone for him is like, once, once they cross like midfield, like, okay, now they're in the Nick Chubb red zone. But <laughs> yeah. He scored so many four, 30, 40 yard touchdowns. It is just bananas. I know. Yeah, but, you see but, where they like give cream hunt as many red zone opportunities, but it's swayed right. towards Nick Chubb right now for sure. So I'm fine if like anybody wants to say that Nick Chubb is going to continue to do this because at a certain point, like you just got to start like, you know, like, like it's that meme where like you're slowly putting on the clown makeup. Like one is like, he doesn't get any targets and like you put on the wig and like, <laughs> you know, and you just like keep going. Nick Chubb the is the RB one. Yeah. Like by the end, you're just a full ass clown and Nick Chubb is just like dunking on you. So, so, so like, I don't, I don't want to sound like that, but like, it is important to to know because we, we we were calling him the 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 well everyone elite dead zone running back yeah i mean and that and i like stand by that it's just that he's getting he's getting a ton of touchdowns now and, and I, he's so good, good as and he's, he's very so good. hell yeah <laughs> like he's objectively good. speaking he might be one of like the top five football players on like right. in the no, league like, it's like absolutely, him, him and derrick henry are those two running backs they're just outliers they don't get targets but it doesn't matter like yeah it's, it's i mean like well I mean, but like it always has mattered for Chubb is the thing is, is that, is, well, is that like, really. this is, a, he's always been an RB1. No, but he's always right, been but he's, he's been, yeah, capped. he's never he's been never like been a top like, five guy. Like, well, I still think he's capped. I don't think he finishes top three on a full season. Neither do I, neither do I. Like, 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 like so that's what I'm saying is that it's, so are you guys selling? It's important Nick Chubb? to note that nothing has changed yeah, I would except still be for the touchdowns. Are you selling Nick Chubb? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Can move him, if you can move him straight across right now for Eckler, do you do it? Oh yeah, yes. Eckler's, Eckler's yes. above him. Oh, Eckler's above him. That's a no, bad You couldn't example. do that. You couldn't. Um, yeah, I forgot I mean, he's had so many big games. Yeah, I mean, like Eckler's getting like a you know, how about Breeze? How yes. about Breeze, dude? In a in a in a split. I think so. Really? You go Nick Chubb for Breeze right now? Easily, dude. Well, Breeze Breeze Hall is next up on this list because we got to talk about him. Breeze Hall's workload is sick. He's RB10 on the year, but he's got 30 targets, right? Or 29 targets right Bruce now. Paul's workload is insane, um, dude. You've missed your chance to buy him in redraft. You know, you should have done it week three or week four because now, yeah, the workload's insane. The targets are enormous. Yeah. Like, this is the game I was talking about. Uh, like a couple, I think it was like last week's show where I was like, yeah, eventually he's just going to have one of these, like, uh, the Andre Swift style rookie season games where he just blows up and like, it's over now. Right. Like, yes. Yeah. Like, so that was the game. Brees Hall is the guy he's taken over. And even, even in this early part of the season where he's been splitting work, he's getting a 15% target share. He had, I saw, okay, so I don't have the target rate pulled up for him, but in terms of like targets per route run, uh, so target rate, he was like up there with like Cooper Cup, uh, you know, like elite like wide receivers. You know what I mean? Like they, they like want to use him as a, uh, uh, a uh, passing game weapon and a passing game weapon downfield. So um, it's really crazy. Like I think in dynasty, like even, even, even now that he's risen to like a, I think he's like dynasty running back three in terms of market value right now. Like I would still be paying that price Two. Okay. Okay. So now he is too. Like wherever he's at, like, let me look like 
cross position there real quick because I'm because I almost want to make he's like top six. He's like top six. Right. Just go out and buy him high. You know what I mean? Because like what we're seeing is like he was sort of like a he was sort of like a check down. You know, like he had like a lot of catches in college, but like they weren't like really necessarily like downfield catches. They were like check down things. Do you think you can? Do you think you can uh, sell Jonathan Taylor right now for Brees Hall in a dynasty? Probably. Oh, yes. Yeah. I, I would still maybe prefer Jonathan Taylor. I don't know. Yeah. I, I would. I don't even know. I think it's actually close. The person yeah. who has it would end up thinking. And that's no, I think you can I'm get Brees Hall plus a wide receiver for Jonathan Taylor still. That's the kind of deal that I would be looking to do. Right. Yeah, like yeah. in like a, like in like a, in like a specialized circumstance where I have Jonathan Taylor, uh, I would be totally fine buying back two years, you know, at like the running back uh, like position. And getting a little bit of something on top of Jonathan Taylor. Oh well, in Dynasty or in Redraft too, I think. Right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's. Uh. We we have basically ten minutes left, so we got to go pretty quick. But <laughs> we already talked about him, Najee Harris, though at RB thirty-eight. I, I, I think it's real. I think. <laughs> Next. I think the bad performance is he real, stinks. though. Like yeah. he's not going to be bad. He's not going to be as bad as RB thirty-four rest of the season, but. I think he's yeah, the just, volume is too good. He's going to yeah. be one of the killers of drafts right now. He might end up finishing RB twenty or something, and he, that's going to kill like you for where you draft where he drafted. Yeah, him like I'd say top round. eighteen, top twenty rest of the season. Yeah, do we- I mean, if there is a chance that he's that he's just been like injured, and I mean, like that has been the case, right? But there is there a chance that's a rep- just been slowing him down. There was a report. I mean, you're already taking a slow guy, and you're because he had the list, Frank. More. Remember? So there was a report that his his foot is fully healthy now today, but you just, right. I don't know if I buy that. Like is his offensive line, fu- is his offensive line fully <laughs> capable of playing football yet? Yeah, probably not. And his schedule is brutal. It's for like bad. Next, like it's four bad. weeks. Yeah. Like, it's bad. Then right below him is Ezekiel Elliott at RB 41. Yeah. And same, guy. <laughs> same guy. This is my biggest. We just victory. talked about Najee. This is my big, biggest victory lap on him because I don't think it gets much better than RB 41 even. Like, <laughs> I think he's going to finish as an RB3. I mean, Dak going down. Dak is supposedly supposed to be coming back. Yeah, but that offense. Their O-line is still trash. Their defense is really good. So they don't have like the, these Cowboys style shootouts are no longer a thing. So I don't know. Maybe he's like a top. 30 top 25 guy rest of the season. I yeah, don't no. think 41 is quite I, I'd spend on like right. RB 32 it's be, or 33 or something like that. Yeah. So it's gonna be really tough for him. Uh the target share is 4.9% so far on the year. So like it's it's literally just not the same role that he's already that he's always had. Uh no, Pollard is, is better. Pollard right. is going, which is a problem. Right. Yeah, so even going back uh, uh to last year, he had a 10% target share. So that's that's been you know just literally Cameron, like think about Cameron, think about it. Every time Pollard houses a sixty-yard touchdown, that's like, that's like eight two-yard runs up the middle that Zeke could have had. But that that, that possession you just wiped off. The board. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. Moving on. Yeah, moving on to the wide receivers. We already talked about him too, but Hollywood Brown at wide receiver seven. I think we all think that's for real. Even yeah. with D Hop coming back, wide receiver one rest of the season. I I buy it. Um, this next one's the one I've been looking forward to. Jacoby Myers is wider in points yes. per game right now. Is it real or not, it. Cameron? <laughs> I love it. I love it. And I've already said enough about this dude. Yeah, I know. Uh, yeah, Bradley. So anybody that anybody that's listening, okay, okay. So do you think he finishes? Do you think he finishes 
you think he finishes as a wide receiver one rest of season? Because that's uh, he, he missed pass. a couple games. So. <laughs> <Pass>. <laughs> <laughs> you gonna play fifth on that one? But top twenty four has advised me that I can't answer that question. <laughs> top twenty four in PPR league seems like yeah, no, very likely right. right now, which is amazing yeah. for where you drafted him. Right, not top twelve uh, no. certainly, but like he's been. So, like, I looked at it in terms of what he did last year. I think it was across his last 10 weeks whenever he was healthy, plus his first three weeks that he's played healthy this year. He's been a he's been a, a, a top 24 guy. So, I think that, like, top 20, top 24 is, like, well within the range. I think that he will likely end up there. But, no, like, this is, this is, this is out of control right now. Yeah. And then Tyler Lockett is actually wide receiver 8 on the season, wide receiver 12 in points per game. Just amazing because he his value fell so far. Um, I'd probably say not real, honestly. I, I think he'll probably end up finishing more around wide receiver 25, 26. I, I don't I really don't buy the Seahawks continuing at this pace. Yes, that, that's that's the real question here because he does have like like everything in terms of target share, in terms of routes run, in terms of deep targets and utilization, says that he's gonna be a wide receiver one if the offense is good. So, I just think that it's going to, the target shares or the overall volume is going to go down. The efficiency probably goes down. This would be my point to sell him right now after the 27 point game with the yeah, two. And this, the is also, sure. this is also Tyler Lockett here. Like this is a guy who we have five years of data showing that he has like three big games in a row and then will disappear <laughs> for five games in a row. No, like right. we've seen it like over and over throughout the years. And that was with, who we would still consider to be an objectively much better quarterback, right? Russ over those years. Versus yeah, man, Jane, looking you know, back at his year? game log, there was – so one game in 2020, I forgot about this, he had a 53-point fantasy game. Yeah, I Followed remember – up by – No, seven. I remember <laughs> – Yeah. In, so, 2020, in 2020, he was a wide receiver one, and he legit only had like four startable had, games all season long, yeah, but they were right. so good that it was crazy. Like yeah, this is the guy who – 53-point game, 33-point game. And outside <laughs> of that, was just – it was just like mediocre. Like 12 basically. horrible games and like four amazing ones. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, that's not how it's always been for him throughout his career. It's that's a little variance freak. Right, right, right. right. Um, I would say, but still sell, sell, sell. I would if you can get something from him, I suppose. And I think you yeah, can he's just not been he's not a name that people are out there looking at. In redraft, no, you so. can get something a little something for him, I think. Not dynasty. Yeah, I mean, like I tend to think that, you know, and like I I guess I'm the one that that's the highest on the Seattle offense here, uh, because I think no, I'm gonna... waiting for the shoe to drop. Okay, yeah, yeah I think too. that I think that it's gonna take a step back, but not like stumble all the way to the ground. You know what I mean? Like I think that it's still gonna be viable, and Tyler Lockett will still be viable. I think that he'll end up as one of these dudes again. That's like because there's like a never-ending pool of guys that are basically like the same player from uh, wide receiver you're, you're, 20 you're. to wide receiver 35 or whatever. So or wide receiver yeah. 40. You know what yeah. I mean? So I, I think that he'll end up in that, in that, in that range, like a back oh, for wide sure. receiver too. Yeah, I agree. Um, Jamar Chase is wide receiver seventeen right now. I mean, in redraft, he's an amazing buy. I think if you can get him for lower than what he's worth, because everything's there for him with the targets. He's just not hitting the deep balls and the touchdowns the way he did last year. I think it's coming. I th- we're gonna probably see an explosion any week now from him. He's got new I mean, the ADOT, coming the up. The ADOT is way, way, way down. Like, like that's the major difference. Everything is there except for uh, the success in the downfield targets. And I guess yeah. not even just the success. He's literally just not even getting the downfield targets. Like he's not, he's not like 
defenses are shifting their attention to his side of the field over and over and over again. And Joe Barrow is not even, not even trying to throw him the ball deep anymore. He had so, a dream matchup against Baltimore with no T Higgins. Yeah. Um, he got 12 so like, targets, but yeah, did nothing with it. They're A-dot but, was low. But, yeah. but no A-dot. I mean, and he's like, he's sitting on one deep target a game so far through uh, five weeks, uh, which is 38th in the NFL. Uh, 8.7. I tend to think that has to like, that's got to change though. At some point they're going to, I mean, if they, if they just like start forcing him the ball downfield, then yeah, but like, he's going to be like double covered on the, I mean, like, I'm like, I've seen like tape, uh, several, uh, tape studies of it now where like literally every single play, they're like clouding a safety over top. And once, once he, once he breaks past like 10 or 15 yards, it's like effectively like a double coverage play for him. So I don't know, like maybe they figure out a way to scheme them open, things like that. Um, I think there's a lot of um, uh, hesitancy and doubt around Zach Taylor, whether or not he's even capable of doing that. Like I think people are like largely out on Zach Taylor as like an offensive play caller at this point. But uh, yeah, yeah, we'll see. I, I mean, I want to buy into the talent though, obviously. I, I would, I would. Yeah. Um, and another similar one is a guy we drafted, you know, very highly wide receiver 21 right now, Debo Samuel. I think this uh, this kind of uh, ranking is for real with him. I, I don't know if he's going to finish quite this low, but we kind of faded him before the season. I don't think he's mm-hmm. necessarily a top 12 wide receiver anymore. I mean, the dude is incredible. He's an incredible talent, one of the biggest unicorns in football, but even he can only do so much, like nine targets last week, two catches for 20 yards. He's just not going to perform above expectation at the rate he did last season. So it's it's going to hurt him, and he'll still be great, and he'll still be good. But I, I think he's someone we're going to look back that we overdrafted a little bit this year, where he was yeah, this going is what we talked like about wide preseason. receiver seven or something. Yeah, right. This is what we talked about preseason. Um, so and it's I'm happening. Not, yeah, so I'm not totally uh, shocked by this. I mean, he, you know, he's getting targeted at like thirty percent uh, target share, like that kind of thing is still there for him. But um, but the yak. Uh, He's like he's still he's still doing well at it, but like it was you know over like half of his yards last year came like after catch. So last year was just crazy, yeah. Right, right. And then how about Deontay Johnson? He's at wide receiver thirty-seven. I'll sell that because I still think he's still getting targets. He's still leading the way, unless you believe that like George Pickens has like become the alpha in this offense. I think you got to go out and like try to buy Deontay Johnson. What do you think, Ian? I want to hear. Yeah, Ian's. This is the most important opinion on this. <laughs> what do I think? I mean, I think for for redraft, he's a screaming buy. I think yeah. he's got fifty targets okay. on the year. I mean, double I digit targets to, in four out of the five games. Yeah, I just wanted to hear you break out uh, like the hype, uh, the hype button. No, for, uh, I, no, I, I, bro, I'm I'm the exact same place for redraft I've been all year. I've not changed at any point for redraft. I've I haven't come off of that. Like I think that. He will continue to get what he's averaging 10 points, 10, uh, 10 targets per game right now. Like he's going to continue right. to get the, that same amount of looks, uh, regardless of who's at quarterback. I don't care if, if three more quarterbacks get hurt. The next guy comes in is going to throw the ball 10 times to him because that's what the offense is designed to do. They scheme up a lot of looks for this guy. I think that Pickens has definitely, I mean, I'd be, I'd be remiss to say that I don't think Pickens has anything to do with it because having a guy come in and take, you know, have eight catches for a hundred yards is going to affect the other receivers in the offense, you know, and he's had pretty close to that back-to-back games. But at the same time, 
this dude's got like top seven in the league uh, targets, targets for like 50 right. through five yeah. weeks. He's had um, uh, exorbitantly low touchdowns. He has zero touchdowns through yeah. that amount of air yards, like 560 as as air yards. He, like you can't get much worse than that. And his air yardage and unrealized air yardage, all of his peripheral stats are really high. So if you're looking at that, it's probably a player who's going to start having some big games coming up. I yeah, and there needs to be so. like like there needs to be like a new metric for like near misses or like times where a guy was like gonna score or like gonna have like a high value play. His, his and toe was out it. of bounds. Yeah. Right. And just like missed it by a centimeter because he would be like leading the league through five weeks. It's been like every single week, there's been like one or two plays where like he got in the end zone but was ruled out because yeah, like you said, like like his like pinky toe was on the line, or like he barely caught he like you know, drops, which is always a thing with him, of course. But yeah. like, just like little yeah, things, you can't catch <laughs> little things like one or two a week. Okay, we should move on. We got to roll through these quick, but I want to talk about two guys that are way underperforming. Jerry, Jerry Judy, Judy stinks. Wide receiver 48. I think I, we just got to say it here. Like, he's never been good in the NFL. And I think this is just who he yeah. is right now. And it's pretty clear at this point. He's wide receiver yeah. 48 in points per game. He should be a little better because Russ has been just like horrible downfield this year. Like, like he's missed him on a couple of uh, long wide open, like long uh, like, uh, like touchdown plays. So, like, I do think that if Russ can get it together and be the Russ that we know, that Judy would be higher than this. So, I think it's contingent on that. I don't think that there's that there's any avenue towards, you know, some people were you know like there was a conversation whether it was going to be Judy or Sutton. Like, it's uh, definitively it's clearly Sutton. Sutton. That's for Judy. real. We, we got that right, at least, out of all the things yeah, we yeah. got wrong this offseason. And in Dynasty, I'd be, like, trying to sell Judy in case there's anything left to his name off of what he yeah. was. I think it could just well, crash like, where next year he's worth nothing. Yeah, I mean, the Dynasty mm-hmm. players seem seem to, like, really like Jerry Judy. So I think that if he has, like, any two or three-game stretch this year, his value will, like, jump through the roof once again than you sell. There's no reason that this guy shouldn't, at minimum, be, like, a top 24 wide receiver. I, I put it squarely on the offense and on Russ. Like they're they're not moving the yeah, ball enough. They're not scoring enough points. He should be a top 24, 25 wide receiver just looking at like his target share and stuff. Yeah, yeah but it's yeah, in terms of in terms of that. It's hard to say if it's like because he's just not good or not. No, yeah, like he, he like he just said, like, if you add two, if you had two fifty yards, if you had a 70% target share, like, that's not gonna get it done in any offense. Yeah, but what I know, but if you had yeah. two fifty-yard touchdowns onto whatever he has right now, he's probably pushing top twenty-five. Yeah, so that's like, so that's the role that he has in the offense right now. It looks like to me is that he has a he has a seventeen percent target share, and then he has eight deep targets. So like they're using yeah. him, they're using him as a primary like field stretcher deep target guy. It's and the insane. only good game he had was off the back of that seventy-yard touchdown where he managed to get open. Um, yeah, seven, seventeen yards per bad. reception. Yeah, right. So, I mean. And again, uh, like Sutton, Sutton's ADOT is also uh, like to the roof as well. So it seems like they're trying to do the thing with Russell Wilson where like they push the ball down the field. They rely on his like, you know, best in the NFL deep ball. And it just seems like he doesn't have it so far through five weeks. So yeah. if, you know, I mean, I mean, it's like the same old story. Like if, if, if he can pull it together, then Judy will do better. If he can't, then he won't. Okay. So how about DJ Moore? He's wide receiver 52 on the year, but he gets a QB upgrade. PJ Walker coming into town. <laughs> PJ the best Walker, QB play the of his career. Coming in to clean up this town. <laughs> yeah. It's just uh, so bad. You cannot play DJ sad. Moore until no, things change. He's 
He's a, just a horrible bust is, for this season, at least. It is what it is. The I only, don't blame him at all either. Right. No, uh, like the only silver lining is um, that in the past when PJ Walker has come in, DJ Moore has been heavily targeted, but I mean, he's always heavily targeted and it's never really worked out. So I mean, he's mm-hmm. probably going to have the best game of the season this week, honestly, because it can't get any worse. <laughs> well, it is an upgrade. And yeah. he will be on everyone's bench. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Maybe you, you could play him in an emergency, I guess, but you probably have something better. I want to. Yeah. I just, I don't think he'll be as bad as wide receiver 52 because he's still going to be number one the number one target on this team, but he's probably nothing more than a wide receiver three right now, or a high end wide receiver four. That's sad to say, but probably true. That's yeah, brutal. Um, let's go into the tight ends, man. Taysom Hill, a little bit of a joke, but we got to talk about him because he's tight end three on the year. <laughs> What's <laughs> like the joke? He's been, I mean, he's just a joke as a person. <laughs> oh, come on. I'm just kidding. But like, okay. Do you feel comfortable actually playing him like in 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 the average league right now? Because I've I've not been there, yeah. but like other people have, and I've been look I've been proven to look foolish because of that because he's just been performing right now. So here's why it's a joke. I think like here's like uh, like this is why I think that you're saying that. So he's he's listed as a uh, tight end. On <laughs> well, all, yeah, on all, of the, on all these platforms. <laughs> he's not a tight end. And and his and his uh, target share on the year is 08 percent. He's a he's a wildcat QB. They don't have a position for him. Yeah, one target on the year, and he's not even quarterback. He has one attempt on the year. He's got and yet tight end uh, three. It's just crazy because New Orleans they run this play out of him, which is a QB draw every single time, read option QB draw. But they're so good at it that he like breaks off a a fifty yard touchdown like one every four times they run it. It's kind of crazy. Yeah, he he's just. I mean, he's like the one guy that can make like that wildcat thing work. Like, I he, guess like you can play him. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So I don't even know. Is uh James Winston starting uh, next week? No, Dalton's starting next week. Okay, so next week I think that like you can definitely play him. I think that like the package of Taysom Hill plays whenever uh, James Winston is out of the lineup is uh, larger. Like you see the snap share in week five was thirty three percent. That was the highest in the year. Um. I don't – he's still running, like, two routes. It's so – No, it's, it's, so, it's, it's you're so not expecting to him to catch any passes. Don't expect that. No, probably no, only going to catch one more – he's probably going to catch one pass this season. It's yeah. just wildcat quarterback. <laughs> but you just hope that they run him in the red zone and he scores a touchdown, basically. And if he has yeah, – so so stupid. This conversation happens every year, and it shouldn't happen. <laughs> I know. That's it how shouldn't I happen. Like nobody has, there's no other quarterback lining up at other positions in fantasy that you have to worry about. There's never like you don't have Kirk Cousin with wide wide receiver de- designation because sometimes they come out in the wildcat with Dalvin Cook there, so might as well put Kirk Cousins as wide receiver designatable because he's or out there. So, like <laughs> yeah. no wild, one dude. does this except yeah. this one individual. And well, it's just because the team. It's because the team said we're going to train him at tight end. Just because they said that, even though they don't play you him at tight end. You would think that the fantasy platforms would have done something after three years of yeah. this. It just listed him as a quarterback. But, dude, like, he's tight end three. So, like, I guess you can play him, actually. Because he's at the one position. Like, you might as well. It's like that, kicker or defense. Like, he's at the one position where it, it matters. Yeah. No, I, I like, wanted... the... oh, sorry. Like, Sean Payton is somewhere just in, like, a dark room. 
Like he's like backlit and he's just cackling like a madman. Like <laughs> seeing this, like everything, like everything is happening, like according to plan. Yeah. I, I The other tight end I want to talk about is David Njoku because he's tight end eight right now, but the last three weeks have been great. 10 targets, seven targets, six targets. He's heavily involved here. And the money that they gave him this off season, like, I think this role is for real. Like he's someone I, I would so go try to buy right now. I think he could finish as a top five tight end rest of season i'm dead serious yeah 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 yes so uh so the thing about uh is that they is that they want to get him involved in the offense he, he's uh number one in the position in terms of target rate uh 32 so like he's not he's not quite yet running like a full complement of routes week in and week out and he may not even get there but when he's on the field they they are making a a uh priority and like a, a big part of the game plan to actually get him the get him the well, ball and you're he's not leaving the field much players. either he's like around like a 90 percent target uh snap share on the season yeah but the route participation he, it's like it's like pretty well, there's low. a lot of uh, okay there's a lot of yeah. running in the offense so they use him multiple right, ways right. but yeah right yeah so so like that's not quite there yet but like if it if it uh like comes to and like i like having that like built-in upside though is it like I think that even in his current role and like how they seem to want to use him so far that he's definitely viable. But then if they decide, you know, maybe when uh, like Deshaun Watson comes back, for example, right, like down the stretch, uh, that they want to open up the offense a little bit, they want to have this big freak show weapon that they have run a few more routes. Target rate tends to stay stable. So if you take, you know, like a 29, 30% target rate, and like, which I, which I, I don't think that one that high will stay stable, but if, if it even drops down to like 22, 23%, like at like the tight end position, you're talking about like elite usage. And if he can run like, instead of say 56% routes right now, like 70% or something, once they we think that they're going to open up the offense, like then it gets really, really interesting where he can be one of like these truly like difference making guys. And this is a guy that we've been waiting, waiting, you know, like I've always thought he was very talented. Yeah. I right. Was... Like he's been like he's been the sleeper guy for year after year after year. So we know that he has a, like the athletic profile, certainly, at least to stretch the seam, do things like that. He's definitely got the team investment on him now. Um, right. We don't have to talk about him too much, but Kyle Pitts was the last name on the list. Tight end 27. I guess we've all said I'd everything say is that like, we said, man. I guess all I'd say is would you take David and Joku or Kyle Pitts rest of season? Oh, can be Pitts. one word. <laughs> Ian, you're the lowest on pits out of the three of us. <laughs> Terrible draft pick. Well, who's Shame you Joku or Pitts? Or Pitts? I don't care. Shame on you. I'm not answering your question. Uh, I would probably take Pitts. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Good. 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 Like After I said, all like we Pitts. said, I thought maybe there would be some debate there, but okay. I think I'm no, with Pitts as well. Yeah. No, it's a wasted yeah. draft pick, and you should be ashamed of yourself. Though I would still yeah. buy him low. That's all I want to say. <laughs> yeah, that's not just I mean, the hill that I'm going to die on. Everybody I'm gonna, like, in die the world buried on that hill. Everybody in the world <laughs> will buy him low right now, Dylan, because there's no tight ends that are good at football. Like, so you would still take a shot on a guy yeah. who has. Whoa, even, whoa, 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 whoa. Even... Taysom Hill. Come on, man. <laughs> We're in a world where Taysom Hill it has every warrants every week discussion because of how bad the players around him for fantasy are. So of course, yeah, Kyle Pitts is a guy you buy low, but yeah. Uh last bit of thing. What I want to see though, sorry, just one last thing. Like I want to see Taysom Hill get like a sack on defense. Like just one time. Yeah, like, so I he could say... be defense eligible <laughs> too, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, we, why not? He covers punts. 
So like, right. punts, yeah. yeah, like teams. Yeah, yeah, like that's how he got his big start was like he blocked like seven punts in a year. Yeah, yeah. Or something. I mean, what a dude. Yeah. What a dude, though, honestly. Like he's made a role for himself just out of like sheer willpower. Cause like that he's role. He's the ultimate giga guess. Chad. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> he is. He is. <laughs> Alpha male. Jackhammer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but it doesn't really fit into this segment because now we don't know if this guy is even playing football again. But we got to talk about Cam Akers because we came out today that he's going to miss the week. Sounds like there's some internal problems with the Rams there. And, dude, I don't know. That's the awful start to the season for Cam Akers just gets that much worse where now you wonder, like, what his future is in the league or with the Rams at least. So we'll have to know, find out some more information before we really – go in on it, but it sounds like the Rams are going to either move forward with Daryl Henderson or possibly get a new running back here in town. Yes. Yeah, so for, for, uh, well, I they think do that. I think that, uh, so it would, it would be like advisable to stash, uh, like Kyron Williams. If like you have the room on your, uh, bench as well. Cause like, so that is a guy that they drafted that we know, uh, has like a pass catching profile that, uh it came out that they were going to feature him in week one but then he injured himself on the opening kick return so yeah, he's uh, he could be another, a guy that could come back and get in the get a handful of snaps he's gonna miss another like three to four weeks at least i think mm-hmm. so it's just daryl henderson and i guess jake funk is that the only other running back on this team right now they went they went they either they either signed or they elevated uh they malcolm sign? brown from the pack oh malcolm practice brown practice right right they brought him oh back. malcolm brown yes <laughs> return to the, the mac this is the part where the show ends <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah i mean there's really nothing else to say till we hear more information Ho- just that. hopefully it's not something mental you know uh, but knowing what we know about the situation, I, I have a pretty strong gut feeling that he's just pissed off that the team basically kind of didn't even give him a chance to show that he's capable of still playing the running back position. It feels like he just, but that whole offense has been anemic and this Super Bowl hangover for this team has been one of the worst in memory. So it sounds like there's just something brewing there. It might be related to his, you know, Achilles rehab or just being angry that the team hasn't given him a shot. Like you said, well, wait, timeout. Think about the memes when they replaced Cam Akers, a black guy, with Christian McCaffrey, a white guy, for Stafford so he can finally throw to his running backs. Oh <laughs> right. <laughs> no, I was already memeing that, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, or yeah. Like just just kick, kick no, Robinson to the curb. Roster. Like Jake Bring Funk in Cole in Beasley. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah, Matt, Matthew Stafford, the racist QB. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so yeah, like so I did actually figure it up. There's a seventy uh, percent target share to white dudes in the year so far. By the way, for the Rams, <laughs> yeah, that's got to be like Rams. an NFL record, like dating back. There's to no the- way that it's not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, McCaffrey would eat in this offense. Yeah, yeah exactly. All those Higby targets, those delicious yeah. Higby targets. Did we talk about Higby? No, he's no, actually a more interesting person than any of the other ones. He's got dudes yeah. leading the leading the tight end position in targets. In targets, yeah. And I, I mean more than it, Andrews and Kittle. Until they Kelsey. like so I think that his usage is is a like conscious uh feature of the offense on the part of uh Sean McVay. Like I think that 
like, I think that he knows the limitations that they're working with in terms of uh, um, uh, a like offensive line. Yeah, oh, right. Gosh. And, and right. Like he just, he just like, he just like holds up a chart, you know, it's, it's got like the Browns, like, you know, it's got the like, paint it's swatch. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, I yeah. swear to God, the best, the best thing you showed me was that Ben Scourneck, like lining him up as a Cooper Cup decoy, like they line him up, <laughs> like, up just to pretend like that's actually him. The defense. No, he's got like the paint swatch. Like, oh, nice, like eggshell here. Okay, yeah. nine to ten targets for you. I'm picturing the players like walking up to the coach to check in, and you're just in there like. Yeah. He literally, he literally yeah. wears he wears you're eighteen. On the team. He wears eighteen, and Cup wears ten. He tries to crinkle up that eight so it looks like a ten. <laughs> I literally think it's him. Shit, like, we should go in there and like try out. Like we could probably get at least a target. <laughs> <We> <laughs> it's like Alan Robbins is like, come on, who is this guy? <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> now you know what we'll be doing. All right, yeah. yeah, we're at an hour and a half right now, so we got to wrap. Oh, it's a long show. <laughs> <laughs> long show, but uh, make sure to like and subscribe. Um, look, if, look for us next week when we do these videos. Start posting some questions. We'll answer anything, especially dynasty related. We, we get all these start sick questions and all that, but we're really, we'll have more to offer with dynasty content. Ask us those dynasty questions. Um, but we'll look forward to a good week six. And until next time, we'll see you guys. See ya. Peace. See ya.